Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. All right, SFL Nation, we we got it right this time around. My apologies. I will quickly put this back up in the information of the league uh, so they know what's going on. And we should be good to go. Everyone. Uh, Issue with show. Use this link. Boom. Okay. Okay. All right. Should be back up and running. I already posted up the new one, the new link (laughs) to it. I'm hoping everybody has gotten it because it looks like it's still. Let's see here if it's working. Yes. Okay. So it is working now. So everybody should be able to connect to the show. So um, let's talk a little bit of draft while we're waiting for some folks to, to get into the air. Uh, how 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 did you feel like the draft went uh, these last two days, Ben? I thought it went very well. Um, you know the it's you know you're always going to get a great production um, with the SFL. I thought it was really cool to kind of see the panel, um, different people on uh, each day, um, giving their own opinions about it, just like how they would in in real life for the NFL. So. Um, Cam did another wonderful job with the production. Um, you know, there was a couple surprises, um, especially in the first round. The defensive tackles were very, very hyped up, uh, especially on day one. Um, and we just did not see them go in the first round. Um, there was a couple in the third round, uh, actually four in the third round that went. Uh, but that was a kind of surprising just because of how hyped um, they were on that first day. Yeah, you know, so being on the panelists, you know, looking at everybody's opportunities that they had, DT, I felt like a lot of teams could have got. And there there was a couple that were already valued at a certain percentage. And I felt like once that first person who was dedicated to that role went, they didn't look at anybody else. And I, I think maybe, again, you know, it just depends on your philosophy. We run a four – four uh, linemen set in our defense, right? Um, but some defenses don't. Some defense run it with one DT, two, two DNs, uh, maybe keep one generic. So it, it really is – how do I put this? I, I think it was – they sent the – yesterday they sent a, a message, I feel like, to the DTs that were there kind of being like, hey, um, <laughs> you are uh, – uh, we don't really see you in that position. And there was a lot of people who switched – size, right? I, I think you saw a lot of DNs go ahead and um, and convert over. And and again, it, mm-hmm. I felt like a message was given to some of these guys, like, hey, look, and it wasn't that deep, if you really think about it, right? It was it was two top people and then after that, it just kind of fell off from there. Um, yeah. And we can actually say, look at it really quickly. So, uh, the first DT that went off the board, which was... Um, Chance Wall, who Chance went Wall, to yep. Louisiana, he was valued at a 60.4. After that, Robert Crone was uh, was ranked at a 59. And then after that, which was Isaac Forrester, was a 53.54 at the end of the day. So it's, again, there was a lot of discrepancies. But if you go to the D end, right, the D end side, the first person to start off was Frank Stackhouse at 61.33. And he was a DN originally who converted to DT, if I'm not mistaken, for Houston. So I felt like the fall of DTs, and I, you know what, in the in the last two drafts that I've been involved in, I haven't seen DTs fall so low. I feel like it was more of a message. Um, we kind of discussed it a little bit too when it came down to um, on, on, the, on the draft show on maybe some folks weren't given the opportunity at DT simply because of the fact that how they may act or how they went about or how they, you know, carry their character. And, 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 and I will say, right, a lot of folks don't want to um, – don't want to deal with a lot of the stuff after the fact. So I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you, the switching 
it was really hard from a from a from a panelist perspective to really see exactly what they were going to do because I was like, man, um, I, I, they, anything could happen. But what I've noticed on it was there was a lot of DNs that converted to DTs, and that kind of sent a message to the DTs. Where on that list you had over eight, nine candidates, right? In the DTs, you only had six, right? So it was it was only makes sense, but then the biggest surprise too was second highest DT going as a lineman was 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 a big shocker as well. Um, that really surprised me, and I think I was surprised by uh, in a sense trying to understand it. At the end of the day, it makes some sense, but I think um, you know uh, MSG kind of mentioned it best. He was like, "Who? What are you going to do at defense now?" We'll see what they do on defense now, right? Because the draft is already over. But my biggest surprise was taking three linemen. And it makes sense, right? Again, it, it, it's going to allow them to really push that ball and uh, push, you know, if they run or, 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 you know, give Marcus Dunhill an opportunity to throw. He'll have perfect protection. But I think I was surprised in really most around um, how many offensive linemen went. And it literally got down to one offensive lineman. There was uh, six offensive linemen chosen in this draft, right? Not including some that converted over, but all the ones that were dedicated almost all got picked except for uh, Mitch Witters uh, of Madison who didn't get picked. So I think, I think again, that it's quite interesting on, on, on how it ended up playing out. Now, we do have a caller, Ben. Uh, let's go ahead and get him on the air. Caller from 757, you are on the air. You already know who it is, Nelson. Don't even, don't even front. This is Aaron Alexander. How's it going, man? It's going, man. How are you? I'm good, good, good. Just recovering from yesterday's four-hour grind session that we only got a break. Uh, I feel that. I so feel I'm still that. recovering. I'm still recovering. How about yourself? Uh, same, to be honest, still recovering from... The events of the the second and third round yesterday. <laughs> well, give us your thoughts, right? How did how did you feel like the draft went overall, and uh, who was your surprise pick or surprise situations in the draft? Uh, I mean, I think overall it went really well. Uh, I think all of these teams are going to be happy uh, with the the rookies that they picked up. Uh, of course, one of the one of the biggest surprises I think, as you were mentioning, was Robert Crom, the second highest value DT, switching to offensive lineman to get picked up by Jacksonville, uh, who also surprised a lot of people by picking up, I believe, three. Uh, yeah, in fact, they did. They picked up three offensive linemen with their first three picks. Yeah, and if we were sitting there, right? Because we were literally live reacting to this. And we're so shocked on what they decided to do. Now, the reason why I was a little shocked is, you know, speak with Mike All. I knew Mike All was really trying to revamp that defense. That defense is the one that took the most hit, I feel like, in that offseason. I mean, there's a lot of hits all over, right? You know, their QBs, um, a lot of folks retired their kicker. Um, So I felt like, again, going with those linemen, yes, you're going to be able to protect, but it's going to be a very curious strategy on what the, what's going to happen on the defensive side. Um, and then they got a generic kicker. I don't think they got a kicker at all. So no. now you're going to cut uh, yourself short uh, where you're going to really have to rely on the offense. Yeah, I, I think realistically uh, about midway through round two, uh, when, they, when they picked up Brian French, I think the call may have been to pick up Chance to win there. Uh, but L.A. decided to pick him up as a punter. So that that might have forced the the switch to picking up that at this point would have been their second offensive lineman. Uh, and I mean, toward the end, they did. Uh, Michael did make some picks in both of their defense. Uh, Marcus Sledge converting over to DT for DN, uh, also getting John Martin, uh, Martin and Yakov Zolotov uh, to to fill out their linebacking core. So at least they're not running all generics there. Uh, it, they're definitely going to be an interesting team to play. I think this uh, this upcoming season. Yeah. 
definitely. Now, there was a question asked, and you asked it. You said, "Who do you think is the who do you think won this draft this season?" So, I'm gonna before I answer that, and I have you on the line. Who do you think <laughs> uh, won this draft this season? Well, I mean, if I want to be biased, clearly I would say the the Fort Worth Toros because they picked me. But uh, re- realistically, I mean it. Oh, goodness. I mean, you could make a case for Denver. Uh, Denver got some some really strong and potentially, like, undervalued picks as far as, you know, picking up Isaiah King. They got, you know, Eric Price, arguably one of the the best second-year quarterbacks coming out of the minors. They picked up my boy Bailey O'Shaughnessy. Uh, I, I definitely think they they made the right moves considering who they lost in the off season. Uh, Louisiana got some really good pieces. San Diego has arguably one of the best rookie linebacking cores in, in Leon Thunderman and Stephon Forge. Uh, it's it's honestly hard to say. Like there's there's so many different ways you can argue as far as uh, you know who won this this particular draft, especially with the variety of the uh, the variety in the amount of picks, excuse me, uh, that these teams had. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be like it's really hard to give everybody a somewhat of a score, right? Because at the end, some of these teams were just filling in one or two spots. So if you look at their roster mm-hmm. in general, they could have won because in the two or three spots that they needed to pick up, they got really great value. I think you bring up Louisiana, right, just needing a chance wall. And then you had um, uh, uh, Tommy Utah filled up two knees. But their roster this offseason has been incredible, right? Uh, picking up Doug Day, yeah. Coach Cravens, um, as well as, you know, getting uh, uh, um, Tyler Fox over as well in the offseason and keeping a lot of still those key people. I mean, Luther Gond. Was was a star DT his his first season out, um, and then you know Leonard Butler switched over from. So they have a lot. Like if you look at it in a hole, to go ahead and add a star player like Tommy Utah to throw the ball, mm-hmm. as well as have added a, a strong right the top rated DT in this draft as well in chance in chance wall. I feel like they really did a really good job solidifying uh, their draft. Do I think they won it? I don't think so, but I'll take that one off air with Ben. But I appreciate you calling in uh, again, Aaron. It, you know, congratulations on being drafted as well, man. Like, um, you know, kudos to you. Uh, you've been busting your tail. You were on the show last week. So, you know, congratulations again, man. I hope you didn't party too, too hard after being selected. Nope, not at all. If I, if I did, I wouldn't have been on the draft show last night. <laughs> Maybe after the draft show, after work or something. Who knows? But I appreciate you calling in, Aaron. You have a good night. Thanks. You too. So, Ben, who do you, who do you think won uh, the draft this season? I I would honestly agree with him that I think Denver um, did a pretty good job with their draft. Um, Bailey O'Shaughnessy, uh, a very active person in the chat. Um, both with in the SFLM chat and in the SFL chat. So I think that he's going to be a great addition to their uh, locker room. Um, the one thing I would say is I think um, uh, Louisiana got a good quarterback um, in Tommy Utah. So I think they, they did a great job in their draft. Um, but just looking um, at the Denver Nightwings, who they drafted, uh, Eric Price, uh, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks um, in the SFLM at a 95.19. So um, they didn't go for a lower-value guy uh, like Houston did. And Dave Burr, who's only at an 85, I was kind of surprised Scar Patterson didn't get drafted um, because I was in the um, Ottawa locker room at least last season when he was there. He was a very good person in the locker room, um, made progressions on time. So I was kind of shocked he didn't go, especially with his value, um, sitting at a, a about a 94. So um, yeah. And and I'm gonna tell you, we spoke to every single quarterback 
uh, in this draft, except for one. And the only reason why I speak to that one QB is just because he was so down on the list. You know, I, mm. we needed to make sure we spoke to the top candidates just because we had that that opportunity in the draft to be in that situation, right? We only had to worry about Louisiana. Yep. And um, and that gave us the pick of the litter from there. So I'm going to tell you, I was ecstatic when uh, Eric Price got picked. And it was such a great guy to talk to. I was able to speak to him on the phone. And, you know, uh, uh, it was just his willingness to do whatever the team needs is what really spoke uh, uh, the most out of it, right? And he did. He, you saw the highlights that they showed on that game. He's a very accurate quarterback. So um, I wouldn't disagree with you. I know Denver had to make a really tough decision on who was going to take over after uh, McChesney was gone. And Bailey O'Shaughnessy, you know, is an Annapolis brother. So, you know, of course I was happy. But there was, like, Brad Jones who, like, killed it and Douglas Brown who killed it this this season. Yeah, Douglas Brown, Um, that was another shocker. He didn't get drafted. Like, what the heck? Hey, we got to remember, right? Yeah, we just got to remember it's also the personalities behind it as well, right? Yeah, so, exactly. uh, we yeah. don't know how these guys are, you know, how their interview went or or, or what he had teams a show, might have right? researched. He did have a show, yes. It, it was him yeah. and another yeah, person who thought. had a show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know if I, I've checked the show once or twice. I didn't see anything that really might have stood out to me that would have been like a red flag, but. Again, I'm pretty sure Denver and all these teams did their due diligence in choosing, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Hazard being the, the uh, first uh, halfback, you know, selected and at the same time, too, uh, had an opportunity in Baltimore. So, um, but we got a caller now, Ben. Uh, I'm pretty okay. sure I know who this is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just so I'm going to say what up, though. Uh, that should give a, a, an idea. But what up, Eddie Gage? Good evening. How y'all doing? <laughs> Pretty good. We do, How are you, doing Eddie? Good. We're doing good. Well, I was actually just called in to support the show, and I was trying to listen in live, but I don't know if I did something wrong or what. But I couldn't seem to get it through the through the link when I called in. It was behind. So. Ah, uh, yeah. But, the uh, link. The link. We had a uh, situation where I made a boo boo, and I and I the first original <laughs> show link I put only for fifteen minutes, so it was gonna cut off then. And uh, I had to uh, redo the link and then uh, and send it out. But since we have you, you know, I'll ask you a few questions. So, um, one, how did you feel like the draft went? And what surprises did you see that really, you know, caught you off guard on, on both the draft nights? Um, well, just like any particular draft with any league, whether it be the pros or the SFL, one thing we've learned, I don't care what mock drafts you put together, I mean – Every mock draft we've seen to have been created so far, it, it gets blown up every season because it, it just goes totally opposite of what you think it might go. I mean, take, for example, this season, there were only five defensive tackles, and none of them got drafted for quite some time. And perhaps some of that might have been the value that they had, but still there were needs out there. And, like, teams like L.A., they they don't have a single defensive tackle, but they decided to draft a punter. So I can just imagine teams trying to run up the middle on them this season, and they're going to need their linebackers, their linebackers to step up big time to um, try to, you know, mitigate that. So, but uh, I mean, but all around there were a lot of shocks to me. I mean, seeing Denver pass up on their run, on their quarterback for a while, but perhaps um, due to the marketing quarterback, they were confident they would they could get their guy. And uh, like you guys said, you know, people like Douglas Brown not getting drafted, but I mean, but there were you know. Shortages. I mean, only a, a couple of teams needed running backs, so you knew there were going to be some people walking away, you know, not getting drafted, and that's unfortunate. Just you know, the way it works around here these days. And uh, not seeing, I was almost certain that DC would draft Mike Savage because yeah, if you heard I Destro called it too. Before, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. you heard Destro talk before. He he he's high on getting guys from the area, and I believe mm-hmm. Savage is from like Virginia Beach or something like that. And so to see yeah. him not get drafted by them, that that shocked me. I just knew they would draft him. And uh, yeah. plus he has a great personality too, man. I mean, come on, that guy got to go somewhere. I mean, I, I seen an interview with Ashley. He was just just excited to be here, and he he loves football. He played it in real life, and it's all football all the time with him. And you know, to see that guy not get get, get drafted, you know, was kind of disappointing. I'm I am happy that Jimmy Hazard got drafted. 
and he went to a great organization with Baltimore. So just a lot of things I was happy about, some things I was disappointed, but as you know, everyone isn't going to get drafted. It's kind of unfortunate, but it's just the way things work. And uh, you got to do what you can to try to broaden your resume perhaps to get drafted next time around. But, uh, hey, overall it was a great weekend. I had fun seeing it, how things played out. Um, a couple of things shocked me, you know, but, hey, it was fun nonetheless. Yeah, I think it's shocked too. It's just how many wide receivers didn't go, right? It was only yeah. four wide receivers selected out of this huge list of people. And we know, yeah. right, it depends on how the conversation goes. Um, and we won't know how the conversation goes, you know, especially yourself, Eddie, right? 20 or 20, you didn't really have to keep your eye on, on these players like you did, right? Uh, and you mentioned some of those really strong ones, like Mike Savage. I called it right there. When they chose Mike Churchill, I was like, yo, it's Savage right here, right? Like, he's from Virginia. I think it's Newport News. And this was a perfect Destro slam dunk pick. But, again, we don't know how that conversation might have went. And then, again, looking at um, salary caps, I didn't look at any salary caps at that point in time um, during the draft. But I'm pretty sure some of these picks had to be great character guys whose salary cap wouldn't be too much of a hit. depending yeah. on what their strategy was and everything. So, now, who do you think won the draft since we got you on air? Who do you think won the draft? I won't go with one particular team, but I do like what Mexico City did. I mean, they didn't have a single corner coming into this into the draft, and they drafted two great ones with great value. So I thought they did a great job winning the draft. I also thought that despite, you know, all, with all the needs that Denver needed, they, they did a great job in this draft, you know, picking up some key players. Although there's one component I was kind of surprised about. I won't get into any particulars, but uh, just knowing I won't get into it. But, you know, congratulations <laughs> to Denver. They had, they had a good draft despite that one move that kind of shocked me. Um, you know, to me, Jacksonville made a couple of um, surprising moves that I didn't anticipate. But, I mean, overall, I mean, if you ask me for the best team, I, I, in my mind, I, I love what uh, what uh, Mexico City did. Okay. Yeah, you know, you're a very defensive-minded person, so I'm pretty sure you were like, all right, love this defensive <laughs> going. Everybody going for and the game. I got but no. this season. I'm like, someone please pick up those corners, man, before Mexico City gets to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, 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 it's great to, to, to know that there's a lot of people that did get opportunities that night, right? And, yes, we're talking about some that might have missed out and, uh, everything else, and and I was talking about earlier. I feel like it's really hard to say who won the draft because you got to look at the whole roster. Um, you could yeah. say, hey, who won that night or whatever the case may be. But if you talk about like I just talked about Louisiana, Louisiana made key signings this off season, and to get yep. Tommy Utah, who was the, you know on top of there with OJ Bruin, uh, who won a championship, who knew Ross Napoli and yep. Mike Twinscrew, like we knew that was the worst kept secret behind London signing Johnny oh, Pickler, yeah. right? Um, yeah. that, you know, but that was, even though somebody might look at them, but like, oh, that wasn't all that, right? They just got a DT and a quarterback. No, they have a really good roster built up. So that DT added with Luther gone, right? It, it, it could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. you have here, uh, Tommy Utah, who again is a dangerous quarterback. So it, 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 if you look at it and who it acquired what, that's where you start kind of break it down and be like, okay, this person might have really won the draft because Tommy Utah was the top QB on, on you know, again, with OJ, right? They, they had the same uh, rating, uh, but those were the top two. And then DTs, they got the top DT in Chance Wall. Yep. He was the after, yep. after him would have been Robert Crone. So it, it's again, I late. feel like. Yeah, he went real late. So and he didn't even go in his original position, which is again something I find very curious that they that they were able to get him to switch over and, and be an offensive lineman. So, but Eddie, I appreciate you calling in. I'm gonna put you in, in the room so you can still keep on listening and everything like that. And if you want to chime in, just hit me in the chat. Let me know if you want to chime in on anything. All right. You got it, buddy. Appreciate it. So. Ben, talking about Mexico City, right? We know recently mm-hmm. Mexico City has been involved in a a, a little fu- uh, a fumble, right? And it, we don't really yep. know. Bob asked the question. Bob said, hey, um, and let me bring that up. He was talking about that same situation. So who do you blame in the Mexico City taking a player they didn't have room for? So 
uh, Ben, I give it to you. Would you uh, who would you who in that situation? And I don't want to. I'm not a person to put blame. I mean, there's so much going on on draft, trying to prepare. Everybody's trying to do their their stuff, getting everything ready for the draft, and something like this miss. Now, there's two sides of the story. You know, we have a player who is excited to get drafted that, unfortunately, there wasn't a real position for it there. And then you have, you know, again, the understanding of it, right? Like, I hope folks understand it was just a, a mistake that happened, right? We just missed it. It can happen. Everybody, everybody's human. But uh, what what is your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, so I didn't even know this had happened. I didn't catch – did this happen in the third round yesterday? Or... This happened in the third round yesterday. It okay. was pick, I didn't catch pick number round, 60. So. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you could – the league, I guess, gave them an extra pick. I, I'm sure it wasn't a blatant to do, do anything wrong. I'm sure it was just an honest mistake made by the league. Um, you know, the, the person you feel bad for is obviously um, – Dante Grimm, is that is that the, his name? I yep. think you sent the tweet to me. Yeah, Dante Grimm. I mean, you know, it's kind of unfair to him. You know, you 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 get drafted, and then they're like, oh well, sorry, dude, you're not going to be drafted because we we messed up. Um, the tweets that you sent to me, obviously, he's um, you know didn't take it bad. I know, obviously, he's probably disappointed, but he handled it very well. Um, I think that will he'll, he'll probably go next year. Or um, if any team opens up in free agency at his position, um, you know he could go to them. Yeah. Uh, but you know you just get you feel for the guy because you think you're going to be, you know, drafted and you're on a team now in the SFL just to kind of have it taken away from you. Yeah, but and I'm I mean everything sure happens so honest mistake. Yeah, and everything happens so fast. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm in the camp of, Hey, it is, it is what happened. Right. I was, I would think that, you know, I, I, you're right. I, I think the way that he handled it, Dante Grimm on, on his Twitter and everything else, man, it was very classy. He said, you know, he, he did show a little bit signs of disappointment, like, Hey, being drafted, contract voided, and then going undrafted, um, uh, uh left it where, they, you know, he unfortunately had the short end of the stick, and he, he, you know, he showed the disappointment. But at the end of the day, he he did show positivity and say, "Hey, I'll be back," you know, crack his skulls mm-hmm. for Albuquerque, which I think is amazing to see. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't really have anybody, you know, to put on the blame of. I mean, it's just something that falls through the cracks at time, right? Like the commissioner and his team are are are, are trying to work on getting this production and when you see it on the other side right there's there's what you see on your screen and there's the side of um uh, of what it looks like on the production side i mean cam is literally moving like you know what i'm saying and when he's trying to even do the graphics that the pics are in and all that kind of stuff i mean this man is trying to do everything by himself a lot of times in that area so you're not going to 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 always recheck stuff, and we saw it live on camera, right? I think uh, when when Mexico City made their pick of um of Maryfield, if I or, 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 or yeah, Menifield, right? When they when that pick happened, he accidentally put the wrong information. I think he put Tulsa or something, or somebody said said Tulsa, but it, it's so yeah. quick and so everything happening so fast that can it's just a simple mistake, and it, it does suck that a player was was uh, affected by it um but yeah he took it in great spirits you know i see a lot of the folks in the chat saying hey he handled it very well which is 100 percent true i think he did and, and it's going to just increase his draft stock um because of how he 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 handled the situation but it is something that again uh i love to hear that he was able to sign with the team if, if they do need somebody um, during free agency or, or if somebody disappears in two weeks and he wants to sign there. I think that's an amazing uh, uh, situation to allow him to have. And I think they should allow him to choose too. Like, hey, if he wants to go back in the SFLM, he's more than happy to um, just so he can get another chance up there. So uh, I think that situation not a lot of people knew about it, yes, but it, it was something that it started to pick up traction, and I think I really wanted to talk about it tonight to tell Dante, you know, hey, keep your head up, man. Really good job on how you 
uh, held the situation. I know you were super ecstatic, saw the Mexico, uh, you know, Mexico Day of the Dead put stuff that you put and the, the, the uh, excitement you had. So uh, very happy to see how you handled it. Now, Ben, I want to bring up something since I have you on the line today. Uh, uh, what was your uh, thoughts about that were selected um, <laughs> in the first round? There was three kickers. No, yeah, three kickers selected. Three, we had three, yeah. at, at number two, the almighty Paul T. Potty. <laughs> uh, we have Queen City going ahead and choosing Dane Moreau. And then we had Houston going ahead and taking Sonny J at the 10th pick at kicker. So because I know you love kickers so much, um, what, what are your thoughts about these kickers going so early in the draft? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand why they were chosen by those teams because there was only what, four kickers in the SFLM last year. It was a very low number. So I, I I'm, I, understand why they made the decision to draft them i just i i don't know i just i guess i'm so used to the nfl and the way they draft and the sfl is quite different that a kicker doesn't even get drafted in the top you know until like the fourth and fifth round in the nfl so it's just a bit odd for me when it happens in the sfl i don't know i'm happy for them i'm happy they got drafted but i just I don't know. I can't wrap my head around kickers being drafted in the top ten. I I just can't. I nothing. It will never change. I'm sorry, but I, I cannot. Um, you know, obviously those teams felt the need to draft the kickers, but I don't know. In this league, I, I guess you could go kicker, but I don't mind a generic kicker either. Um, I think. I mean, let's see. What what would the team? So DC. Uh, I mean. They drafted one. And by the way, that's a funny name and a great name. Kudos to that guy, Potty Potty. <laughs> Hilarious name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, you know, Houston did get a quarterback in the end. Um, perhaps if, you know, Tommy or, or OJ didn't go, that they might have waited to get a kicker. Um, but I think, you know, these teams are going kicker or bust, um, you know, so – I don't know. I, I just – I cannot – Nelson, it will never happen, but I cannot wrap my head around kickers going in the, the, the first round. I'm sorry, but – Yeah, you know, it, it is something that's hard to get a mind around, right? I, I feel mm-hmm. – so the reason why this came up, one, is because I have this uh, Ben Hates kicker. So for all the audience tonight, you will hear the um, – the oh, no. <laughs> uh, how do I put this? The collaboration of Ben's love of kickers. So if you don't know why we we always like messing with Ben on it, you will find out a little bit later on tonight, closer to the end of the show. We will play the clip uh, of Ben's just collaboration, how much he loves it. But you, I think so. That season, um, and, and it's so funny. It also came to play because I watched uh, the new uh, By the Bayou. Or, or, or the new show that Louisiana Revolution has mm-hmm. that, yeah, with Otis, Otis, right? that Otis, yeah, yep. he put up, right? And he uh, spoke about the kind of a little bit about the backlash that he got from uh, 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 being a kicker selected in the top 10. Now, and he says how this time around he didn't feel like, you know, it was that big of a deal. But, oh, look, three kickers went in the top 10 and, you know, kind of there was no big hoopla about it. I will say this. We have grown, we have adapted, and just like Ben reacted, everybody reacted the same way because we're not used to kickers going in the first round. It just is what it is. We've watched football yeah, for, yeah. you know, for a, a long time, and when you see, if you ever see, a, I mean, I remember the draft that the the Buccaneers selected that one kicker in the third round, third round. Oh, is that Roberto Aguayo? Yes, and he got yeah, that really the Bucs got clowned. And he got, and he wasn't all that. But it, he it was, was horrible. Such a, it, yeah, it was such a stigma that we had, right? Uh, but it's understanding now that hey, there's 20 rosters, and sometimes somebody just might need a kicker, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know, kickers do matter in this league <laughs> as much as Ben Rant is going to show. Um, it, it's again, you know, I like I like the stories behind. Like I really love Sunny J. I spoke to him today on, on Gen Chat. Really great guy. 
Uh, he's gone through a lot, so I, I feel like the respect level is just the journey that he's gone through and is still going through. Big ups and support, but I, I felt like he was a very genuine person. Um, I really loved that pick. Uh, you know, he he's going to Houston, which we see on week one. Uh, we'll talk more about Houston's other picks, too. Uh, but, you know, again, Sonny J, he was such a, a great person. Like, you could see that these are these are kicks of needs. These are these are spots that were selected based on needs. And there wasn't many kickers. Um, it was yeah. to the point where yeah. people were going to have to rock with, uh, you know, generics because there was none left. Generic. I mean, after you got Potty, after Dane, and after Sonny J, it was left with one more. And the other one went as a punter. Um, so it's again where I feel like people select them so high because they have to, if that's a strategy that you want to use on the field, you have to get a kicker. Um, but I ha- I was going back and checking everything and I see Ben hates kickers. And I was like, let's ask Ben what he thinks. And two, we're going to play and, that tonight. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I have, it's nothing against the guys that are, as the kickers like Sonny J or Potty Potty, I have nothing against them. It's more as along the lines of the position. I just, I just, I don't know. And I, I understand it more this year that why they went so early because there were so few. But when Otis was drafting and there was a, I think a kicker on every team, almost that that first SFLM draft. I believe there was like six or seven, maybe even eight kickers. I mean, that's when I kind of got fooled drafting a kicker in the first round when you had seven rounds to go, you know? You had yeah. seven rounds that one year. You didn't need to select a kicker in the first round. That that <laughs> that, that, that I think that and, and that's the and that's why, why I didn't understand yeah. that. And that's why I understood what you were talking Like when Otis was talking about it, I wanted to be like, hey, it's also because in that draft, that that wasn't really a necessary at that time. There was other people on the board that, and they probably could have got you later. But it's also too like who teams feel they had the most connection with and what may happen. You know, listening to that same podcast, you you got to you got to see that Louisiana was really worried that we were going to go take Tommy Utah if they didn't. So in these situations as well, that could have played a factor even in that draft where they were like, hey. By no means do we think this specific kicker, and it is a need that we need or we want to have, uh, let's draft them early so we can get that out the way. And then there still may be some guys who maybe aren't the top, top board, um, but are, you know, still good enough that we can maybe get later on. So who knows? But, uh, you know, in this league, kickers can win you games, which we saw with Sonny J winning the champ, you know, adding and, and, and creating a bigger lead and that championship game, as well as Kramer Jackman kicking that game-winning field goal to win it, uh, to get Denver their second championship. So um, really crazy stuff. Now, we did get a question in the show chat, Ben, and I'm going to go ahead and ask. And, again, if you want to call in, please do uh, the first 515-605-9874. You can call in and give us your thoughts, right? Tell us who you think was the, you know, surprise picks for you. Tell us who you thought won the draft. Tell us what you thought was, was the case from there. Uh, but the question is, which less draftees than expected or which SFL was most snubbed, SFLM team snubbed? So who do you think, what teams didn't get many players out there that were probably snubbed? And then um, who do you, who, uh, which SFL team produced the least draftees? So uh, what do you think? Um. Off the top of my head right now, um, I, if if I can go back to that question next week so I can come more prepared for that one, and I apologize <laughs> to the person who asked the question, but I would need to, like, look at the teams and then place kind of the players that get drafted towards them. Um, but what I will say is I was kind of surprised, like I said before, Scar Patterson didn't go from Ottawa, um, you know. Uh, let's see who else. I'm pulling and him up right you- now. While you're putting that up, I, I want to talk about Scar, right? Scar was a great guy. I think what got Scar in a situation that he didn't get drafted was – so I know he was very involved in his team, but trying to get in communication with him was somewhat tough. Now, he is a coach, tough, and he coaches, mm-hmm. and he's doing all these other things. So I, I know from the standpoint of that may have affected his stock. I think people – 
not being able to get in contact with him. And then maybe when you did get in contact with him, you're like, man, he's so busy. That might stop him from, 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 from being, you know, RQB. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. We, um, we spoke to Scar a little bit later in the process. Um, you know, so, uh, I would, I'm just trying to see like what might've not got him to be there. You know, uh, there were some great yeah. choices and honestly the choice with Houston at the end, I mean, you got to look at it in different sides, right? Like that was a QB who, yes, wasn't as, as high on like scar or wasn't as high as Reno, but was a, a more of a brand, right? So Burr is always in the chat. Burr is always uh, sharing, you know, how he is. And even in gin chat today, he, he, he said that he wanted to smoke with, with the Portland fleet on week one, which uh, we're going to uh, see them on. So, you know, again, he's going to bring that intensity and that and that um, branding to uh, Houston, which could have been the reason why they selected Burt over salute, selecting Johnny Reno or selecting Scar Patterson, right? So I, I think there's more that goes mm-hmm. to it, but you got your list now? Well, I can't answer the second question um, that right, they asked, which talking about um, the SFL team with the best – uh, that is the best of their current roster. Um, and I think this could be added on to their first question is the um, San Jose flight. Um, I think, you know, they were a top contender this year um, in the SFL. Um, the M, um, I believe they lost in the championship, um, but they had some good pieces. Obviously, Robert um, Cohn was drafted, um, but Logan Strange, did not get drafted, I don't believe. Um, so that that was an interesting pick. Uh, let me pull up his stats real quick. Um, and while you're doing that, too, I think – so the teams that I feel like got the most depleted was is going to be Salt Lake City wrestlers. I think it's going to be interesting yeah. to see them yeah. bounce back uh, because yeah. you have – well, I don't know how the, if the SFLM rules are going to change, right? I heard some – saw some of the could, things yeah. were – but, you know, again, if you are losing Beisel, you are losing Utah, you are losing uh, Kelsey Brown Jay. because they, they were second second years, right? And then you, you mm-hmm. lost Sonny Jay. Um, you, you, Terrell Sutherland got picked. Uh, there was a couple picks out of that saw Isaiah King. I feel like that that, that is Isaiah definitely King, a, yeah. a, a team that's going to be interesting to see them go Marcus and see if Sledge they can get back. Too. Yeah, see, they, Marcus Sledge. They lost so, him also. You got all these people who are, are taking away from this team. How is this team going to bounce back and and win that you know championship? Uh, again, we will see. There has yet to be a repeat in the SFLM yet from one organization. One, I'm gonna tell you, I love that. Um, you know, because it just shows That's the diversity and, and 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 the competition that happens there. Um, but I think teams may have a chance to to, to come back and do it again. Could be like a a, a uh, Albuquerque. Um, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, that's who I was going to say. That's yeah, Travellis. Travellis was a one year. You know, so he's yep. going there. I mean, yes, they did lose their running back due to him not getting uh, drafted, right? But it, it really depends mm-hmm. on what happens there. So, but maybe the Adams have a chance to come back and run it back. Yep, they did lose Paulie Truth though. Their tight end. Uh, he went to the Florida Storm, pick number twenty in the first round. Um, but I think they have a good chance. Um, I think they lost uh, Yakov Zolotov, too. Um, let's see who else. Um, I believe David Ware did. Yeah, David Ware went fourth overall. So they had some actually, um, you know, just looking at the first round, uh, David Ware, Pauly Truth, um, right there for um, the Albuquerque Adams in the first round. Yeah. So it's... It, I think those are the teams that I would say that one who got affected maybe the most. I know a couple minors had left right there. I mean, the minors lost OJ. Uh, sorry, uh, lost Burr and lost their uh, their uh, uh, running back. So you you know wondering what they're going to do there as well. It, it's going to be very interesting to see. But I'm going to go with Albuquerque this time around because they were able to keep uh, a lot of their players as well. And even Dante Grimm plays there, and he he did really well for them in that. Stuff now, the QBs. When you look at that, right, and who was chosen from there? Do you do you feel like everybody had found the uh, the right home from there, or like what were your thoughts about the QB class this year? And where do you feel like you know? Do you feel everybody who 
reflected went to a great spot for them. Yeah, so I'll start with the first round. Um, I think Tommy Utah went to a great spot in Louisiana. He's going to have some good weapons there. Uh, perfect pick by Portland. I, I know that might sound biased, but um, even if I wasn't on the team, I would say that's a great pick because O.J. Um, Bruin's a phenomenal person, um, great person um, in the chat. Um, I think he's going to be a perfect fit for Portland, especially with needing that accuracy he has, especially last year where, you know, obviously we struggled at sometimes on offense, throwing interceptions, making bad throws. So having him here now, I think that's really going to solidify our offense next year. Um, I also like the Joseph Green pick um, for um, Las Vegas. That's another great pick, 95 overall value. Um, I guess the only one that really surprised me, uh, you know, obviously Eric Price going to Denver, that wasn't surprising. Um, but, you know, that was another good pick, 95. I guess the the, the surprising one for me was um, Houston going with a less valued player at 85. Obviously, there's, you know, values and everything like we've talked about uh, because, you know, certainly if you can get in contact with players or they just – fit your locker room better, that's obviously going to be taken into consideration too. Um, so, But that was an interesting pick kind of on value um, because Johnny Reno, uh, 94 overall uh, value, didn't get selected. Um, I don't know about Houston. I guess having six, seven quarterbacks is going to be decent for that team. You know, height's always key for quarterbacks. Um, but that 85 value might be difficult that first year around. Um, for them. Yeah, I think so too. And um, the chat is kind of going crazy right now saying, you know, they feel like Albuquerque too. Secondary is going to be heavy hitting with Grimm, Irie, uh, Fletcher, and uh, Renfro. Um, So it looks like, again, a lot of people seeing this, Lexington lost almost the entire core of their offense and two of their best defenders. So it is going to be interesting. I, I mentioned Lexington, but I feel like Albuquerque, because they're able to bring some people back, man, have a good chance of running it back. And, um, you know, they were damn well close to it going undefeated until the playoffs where they lost at the end. So um, yep. we'll see how that goes. Now, the we didn't get to kind of recap, so I do only want to of the first round really quickly before we get it out of here. And if anybody wants to call in, uh, the phone number is 515-605-9847. Give us your best draft picks or uh, any of the answers from there. Uh, But, you know, we had, surprisingly, a lot of linebackers go in the beginning. So first first pick was San Diego's linebacker, Leon Thunderman. D.C.'s number two was the kicker, Paul Potty. Paul T. Potty. Pate. (laughs) Uh, three was Sioux Falls uh, linebacker Axel Raven, who's in the chat. Shout out to you, Axel. Uh, number four was uh, Carolina's uh, that they got with the trade with Queen City. Now we didn't talk about trades, yep. which I felt yeah, was interesting. Was we'll talk, interesting too. yeah, we'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, right? But they went with the linebacker David Ware. Uh, we had uh, Louisiana get their QB with Tommy Utah, Portland. Uh, Fleet getting RQB, OJ Bruin. Uh, London's uh, left uh, got a left guard in. Uh, Hopefully I can say it right. Pirine or, 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 or Perrin Ayabara. Hopefully I don't I don't I don't kill it from there. Um, we have Queen City picking at eight with the kicker Damon Rowe. Nine wide receiver Ryan Roosevelt. Number ten can I was talk Houston. about that pick real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Number nine. Yeah, yeah. I think this is an interesting pick for uh, Atlanta because they only went two wide receivers last year. Uh, last season, now they're going back to three, so that's going to be something to watch for. It gives um, Brian Dynasty another weapon there. Uh, Ryan Roosevelt, great player all around. Um, I think that's a good fit, um, especially you know f- for Atlanta. It was I think people were kind of I don't I don't know surprised, but they they it was interesting how they only went two wide receivers. Now they're going back to three. So we'll have to keep an eye on that throughout the season, how that kind of affects their offense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that was the biggest shocker for people. I mean, Ryan Roosevelt was no way, shape or form at the bottom of the list. Um, but I think with people like Nate Ritters and other folks that I, I don't think they expected Ryan to go so high. Uh, I, I remember when that pick kind of came in, a lot of people were a little bit shocked. 
I knew that I felt like they were going to go with wide receiver there, and they ended mm-hmm. up doing it. Uh, so then we had Houston uh, selecting at 10 with their kicker, Sonny J. Tulsa at 11 with their linebacker, Miles Gibson. Uh, we have uh, Charleston at number 12 taking D end John Lally. Um, we have uh, number 13, L.A., taking D.N. Brogan uh, Sp- Sp- Sparaw. Number 15, Jacksonville, left guard Alden Bleeker. 15, St. Louis, left guard Kel- uh, Patrick Kelly. Uh, 16, Mexico City took Gerard Brody. Shout-outs to him. Uh, you know, he was in the minors with me um, on Annapolis for a little bit and ended up going to uh, you know Salt Lake City wrestlers and seeing him really strive out there. Uh, so really happy he got picked up at that pick at 16. 17, Las Vegas uh, selected cornerback uh, Joseph Green. And Joseph Green, too, you know, before we continue on, I do want to say, you know, great guy. He is a Washington football team fan. Came really cool. But I, I I heard it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to, to go after you for it, but we'll see uh, how you see uh, Ron Rivera made it look this, this uh, season and then see if you had the same response. But, um, you know, Joseph Green, he was, he was just a very person to speak to, you know, always very attentive, always, um, you know, uh, asking how you were. Like he went outside of just it being about game and being about mm-hmm. the person. So I do want to say, you know, Vegas got a great pickup there. Uh, and Joseph Green, so uh, kudos to him. 18 was Fort Worth's fullback Aaron Alexander, which he just mentioned in the chat that London done messed up for not picking him up. So still holding on to that, Chad Rowland. Uh, you know, we might have to get a mediation session going on here. Uh, 19 was Baltimore's running back Jimmy Hazard. Number 20 was Florida's uh, tight end Polly Truth. Um, 22 was, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 21 was Denver's uh, Isaiah King the third. Uh, we have 22 San Diego uh, Stephen Forge, 23 uh, DC fullback Chris Britton, and 24 was Sioux Falls uh, center Nathan Fury, who's been on the show. So, uh, and we do have a caller. So, oh, okay. call, caller from nine one eight. You're on the air. What's going on? It's Dion. Hey, Dion, how's it going, man? Hey, Dion. I'm good, man. Chilling. What's going on? How y'all doing? Uh, we doing good, man. Just trying to recap on this uh, draft class. What was your thoughts about the draft? Uh, Man, this draft was crazy. I done been through numerous drafts, and this was by far the most unpredictable to me. Like, so many – it's always some snubs, like good people that don't get picked, but it seemed like it was a plethora this year. So, um. Just personally, like we had so many different options we can go. Like the people that we drafted, we they were at the top of our board, but we were fluid. Like we thought we were gonna get a lineman, and then live during the draft, we ended up not taking one, and we just got kind of adjusted our build on the fly because of certain things happened in the draft. So, but I loved it. I enjoyed every minute of it. And of course, the presentation is good. Can't be killing that, but yeah, this was a cool draft. It was it was hella fun too. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, the, the drafts always get better and better every year. And uh, the production right. side, I mean, Cam always surpasses himself every year. I mean, I came in season 14. So seeing 14s, 15s, 16s, even to 17s now, they always right. progress and they always get better. So you got to give props to Cam. You know, I wonder what he's going to do next uh, for the next draft. Now, were there any surprises that you saw that kind of was like, oh, man, didn't expect it? You know, like you kind of were saying, hey, we were to be the case. So what were some surprises to you from this draft? Um, well first was the trades. We had a number of trades that went down and I was Stephen can tell you, I was trying to trade up for two days. I every almost every damn team <laughs> I was trying to trade. <laughs> I wanted to move up. And we had a we had a couple of interesting things popping but then it happened with other teams. Like, I was trying to get that Carolina one, and then Car- and that mean the Queen City one, and then they went with Carolina, which made sense because they was number eight and we was number 11, but I was on that hard. So, we was like, damn, we were trying to move up, but that was a good move by Carolina. So, first, the number of trades, because, as we know, it doesn't happen that often. Um, yeah. Then players having to wait. Some of the top players on the board, O'Shaughnessy was going through hell. I didn't know if he was going to – 
if he already knew that he was going to go to Denver or if they made him sort it out, but that was a big surprise as well. And, and definitely Doug Nuggets and Brown. And I had, we had a conversation like, let's just fucking draft him. I thought about just drafting him. We don't even need a running back, but his player is so good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is it possible? Like, can I just have him and just ride it on the bench just so he can get a free agency? Or, like, it was – I cannot understand how he didn't get drafted. I just knew he was going to go, like, top 20 or – because I don't care – that good a player. That's kind of how we did how we did with a uh, Q last season. Like he was his build was so good, we could have waited. We was like, hell no, nah, we taking him now. So I feel bad for him. Now I had his own podcast and like, what else more could you ask for? He waited, and him and um a few others they had to wait again. So I just I don't know. I feel kind of bad for those guys. Yeah, I know. I I could only imagine being Baltimore, being Denver. Great running backs this season right. who didn't get a chance right. I think a lot of people didn't even speak a lot about Brad Jones, and Brad Jones killed it too. Exactly. He had a nasty exactly. season. He might not have done as much as Douglas Brown. Like you said, I, I watched his podcast, so I was as surprised as, as you uh, when, when I saw that you know he didn't get drafted. But right. yeah, you, you're those are those are some pretty big things there. Now um, I have another question for you, but I want to ask this one first. This comes from a peer of yours, uh, the owner of the Scorpions, asking: Ask Dion, what does he have against Eddie? <laughs> um, he know what I got against Eddie. Our relationship started off with a, as a rocky start, but we treated it like then, and we let it ride. So. You know why? No, I'm a little salty. I was a little salty. Initially, had a whole AJ situation happen. Mm. So he know why. But no, I fuck with Eddie, though. That's my guy. That's my dude. <laughs> Look, but at the end I, of mean, day, I mean, he, we, we got two different ownership styles. He more out there. I'm more reserved. But everybody who involved with Tulsa, they know. I'm they, People don't think I'm going to say anything. I'm going to Discord all day, every day. I'm talking to my guys, my, my uh, team. And everything, so when you hear a little more out there, I'm a little more reserved. But yeah, Eddie's my dude. We had dinner one time when he came to Oklahoma, so yeah, that's my guy. But he know we got a little robbery going on. I was actually salty about that because we were supposed to have an annual robbery game called a Dust Bowl, but Cam didn't put it on the schedule. But we're gonna get that popping going forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I could only imagine right how that situation might have gone down. Those before me coming into the league, that everything happened. Um, but I, 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 you know, I even myself was like, man, you know, knowing AJ's history, going from Tulsa to to Scorpions, you know, I just always wondered how that situation was. But I was never going to ask because, you know, who wants to open yeah. old wounds, Eddie? Who wants to open old wounds, Eddie? <laughs> over here thinking this, uh, say it with your I chest. I never let him let it go. Nah, we good, we good. But it was a time where I didn't want to talk. It took me about three or four days. He would come down here. I'm like, hell no, nah, I don't want to meet. I'm like, I'm stuffy. <laughs> Well, there's another question actually for you as well, and this comes from Axel Raven. He said, how was your uh, locker room changed over the weekend? Um, it's picked up some, and that's, that was one of our focus as well, is that we wanted to get high-character guys and also guys that were a little more active. Um, I actually changed as an owner because the first few seasons – I would literally tell people, like, I don't give a damn if you say one fucking word in Discord. As long as you make your progression on time, I don't have to chase you down, you're good with me. And that's all I cared about because I I, that's how I was when I first came. I wanted people to just stay out the way, handle business. I don't, You don't have to socialize with anybody in Discord. I don't care. But how the league has changed is to being more forward-facing, people doing podcasts and writing and things like that. So I see the value of how that attracts other players and basically boosts the profile of your organization. So that was our main focus this draft, um, last draft too, is getting guys who are more out there, guys who talk more, cause pick up our locker room, um, even when days nothing is going on. So the guys we brought in, Daniel Wright, um, Gibson, they're all uh, Philadelphia Collins, they all have been – we've been messaging back and forth. They're uplifted in the locker room. So I can definitely see that positive change. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely made a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you made some pretty big pickups. And like you said, you did it on the fly. And I think those are still really good pickups to do some of the things on the fly that you were able to accomplish. Um, now, 
before I let you go, I do want to know, who do you think won the draft? So looking at everybody's uh, picks and everything like that, who do you, who do you say won the draft overall? Um, well, aside from that one mishap, I, I love Mexico City's draft. I like the guys that they brought in because um, they had some of the top players, and they got them, like, even late. Um, I like Portland. I like y'all's draft because Bruin is my guy. I fuck with Bruin. A lot of people might not know this, but yeah, it was almost – we were going back and forth all year last season. We were going to take Bruin or JQ last season. Like, it was 1-1-A. What, what um, pushed it over the edge was that rule change where they, they were able to progress – so once that rule changed, because Q had been in there already, his build went through the roof. I'm like, at 80 speed. I'm like, if, if anybody's going to take off running, it's going to be him. So that's that's what actually – they were both great guys. So we couldn't go wrong with either one. So And he'll tell you, I was messaging him like, man, hey, bro, you was this close. Like, we had to make an a executive decision. I know you're going to do wonders. So I was glad when I see him got picked up because he's a great guy. So yeah, I definitely yeah, like y'all's draft you know, as well. I appreciate it. You know, OJ, it, it was amazing. When you speak to him and you see how he is and he, you know, when he got into that locker room, he was um, more than everything promised and more, right? He was, he thanked exactly. everybody, he thanked the leadership and, you know, he was like, hey, I'm ready to get to work and, and really got the chat, you know, got the locker room hype and he's right, such right. a great person to even just speak to that uh, we, we were more than happy to get OJ, right? And I think, again, a lot of folks are like, hey, you know, thinking that we we wanted Utah the whole time. No, we wanted OJ the whole time. Right. Um, that was our that's our guy. You know, we spoke to him, and he's just such a great person to speak to, man. Like if you talk to him on the phone, we spoke to him a couple times. He was just awesome. Right. The energy that he has, wanting to accomplish, um, and, and you know the aspirations he has, man. He he was such a just a great fit, um, and, and the mentality they had was amazing. So you know, we we. We were really lucky to to, to get OJ because man, I was telling you, every time I saw the mocks, and and everybody saw to Denver, go to other places. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, he not? Yeah. What are you talking about? You <laughs> not seeing how this guy is? Like, like I get so that he may he not be <laughs> always in the chat, but to to us, I'm okay with that. We, there's not a lot of Portland people in the chat. I mean, I don't I don't right. always jump in Gen chat unless it's it's something that you know I want to say what's up to everybody. So, um. I think again, OJ. I'm glad you didn't get him in that draft because we got him this time around. <laughs> but I appreciate that love to say that you know we felt like you know we had that, and then you know Zeke as well, having such a phenomenal season he had last season. For sure. Um, you know we we gotta say I appreciate you. So, Dion, thank you again for for calling in tonight. Um, it, it is a, a nice surprise that you called in. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, it was good talking to you, man. We, we definitely got to chop it up, you know, because you. I want right. to know what's more about going on in Tulsa and stuff. Uh, so I'll, I'll reach out to you then. All right. Yeah, for sure. I'll be listening to all the shows, so I'll start calling. I actually just had some time today. Usually I'll be doing something, but now we're doing shit. So I was like, it's a good time for me to call in. So I appreciate <laughs> you having me. Yeah, I'll definitely be back on. We can chop chop it up. I appreciate it, Dion. You have a good night. Thank you again. You too. So Ben, man, it was. That was a, a quite a, a, a appearance of Dion coming mm-hmm. on tonight. Daniel Wright already gave a shout out saying appreciated Dion, thanks for calling in. Um, so that was that was really awesome to see. So uh, before we, we we wrap this up um, again, if anybody wants to call in five one five six zero five nine eight four seven. But is there anything else you want to add about the draft? Maybe that we didn't hit upon uh, Ben before we close this out tonight. Yeah, I will um, answer that question about the any tips for players on how to behave in their new locker room. Ooh, um, go ahead. Yeah, so um, just try to be active. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be every day, but just, you know, pop in and say, I hope everybody has a good week, hope everybody has a good day, stuff like that. And just get to know your teammates a bit more. Um, I know some teams, uh, like we do during games, we have a watch party. So if you can definitely get involved in that and also kind of look for things on your team that you can get involved in, whether that be doing stats for the league, uh, for your team games, or even, you know, helping with social media or creating, you know, Photoshop, stuff like that, just to get more involved. You know, the ownership will like that. You know, your fellow teammates will like that. I think 
all those things will help you build better relationships with your teammates, uh, teammates, and have a better experience um, in the SFL. Yeah, and I, I'll probably say that you know going into a new locker room, the best thing to do is is also be yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and and read the room, right? Like if, if you see that. It's late. Like most of your people interact earlier in the day. Maybe jumping in earlier when people are mostly on would be best. Or you know, not spamming the locker room. Yeah, don't uh, spam. Think, yeah. yeah, I just think at, at the same time too, it's going. The best advice I say is be yourself and ask questions and have that humility to be like, hey, you know, it's so great. And if you know some of these players, right? Like, uh, if you if you know some of these players that you're coming into the locker room, maybe reaching out to them directly and just saying, hey, um, it's it's amazing to, to be on the same team with you and, and try to build some rapport with the rest of your teams. Um, so that would be the way that I would go about it. But, um, again, thank you again for joining us this evening. Uh, and thank you again for talking to you. Um, Friday show, we're gonna see what ends up happening. I'm, I'm planning this Friday show to be um, maybe Cam, maybe our new number one draft pick OJ Bruin. Uh, that's what it may be able to seem like. Um, but uh, oh, and you know what? Before we do that. I just got remembered. Thank you, Ben. We need to go ahead and play that sound bite before we go ahead and close out this show. We're actually going to close it out on here, Ben, of the sound bite of Ben hating kickers. But again, thank you guys for joining us. Friday night, we'll have the same show at 9 p.m. And hopefully, those are the people that are on there. I am Nelson. I got Ben on the on the mic with us tonight, and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you again, and let's listen on why Ben hates kickers. Previously, on the Audible. Ben talks about his hatred of kickers. This year, since there's only one kicker, and it's going against every ounce of my being to say this, but I would probably draft a kicker if you go. But I, I wouldn't do it personally because I don't think kickers are, you know, worthy of a top ten pick. But that's that's just my opinion. Not not because of who they are, but just kickers are kickers. I don't I don't understand why team I why. A team would sign a punter to that kind of contract. They're a punter. There's nothing wrong with a punter, but just go generic. I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I really don't. And there's nothing against punters, but you don't need a... Yeah, Ben, Ben, I'm getting feelings. They're okay, but I don't get the... I wouldn't waste that much time. And this is coming from a person that was a non-contracted punter. It's the, the position doesn't do much. Like you punt the ball. I, I don't get the. I I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that. That but that's just me as a, a, as a person. I'm not a big fan of giving kickers or punters to contract with that. It's it's not me against the punter, but wasting 65 points on a team. I, I don't understand that. Like you need other positions. You're in rebuild mode, and I don't think punter is gonna help you win a team. Direct. All kicker hate mail to Ben Warner. All yes, kicker yeah, hate yeah, mail is directed to Ben yeah. Warner. I get a distinct feeling that you hate kickers. <laughs>